We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Bardwell. To hear more, please use our media player at PCAChurch.com and join us every Sunday at 1030 at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. Now join us for the following message. Bunny had showed up to our house, brought candy and presents and stuff. Easter bunnies changed when I was a kid. All I got was candy. Now they get presents on Easter. It's crazy. Easter Sunday. Everybody knows what the message is about, right? I'm going to preach on the risen Savior. The empty tomb. He is alive. He is risen. Absolutely. Come on. We've got to talk about it. Well, not quite. I know that most everybody here knows the Easter story. I want to take it one step further. Because there is one other Easter message that you may never have heard about. And so today I'm going to talk about the other Easter message. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28. Beautiful passage. After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. I love verse 2. There was a violent earthquake. God doesn't do anything quietly, does He? Even in the resurrection, He's making some noise. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. So if you got that in your mind, earthquakes, angels coming, rolling the stone, sitting on top of it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Can you read verse 6 with me today? Say it with me. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. How many know that God does what he says he's going to do? Amen? You've got to believe that today. No matter where you're at, God will always do what he says he's going to do. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead as is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. You can imagine? They just talked to an angel. And now Jesus shows them. Greetings. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee where they will see me. There seems to be this repetitive message. Go to Galilee. Why? Why as soon as he has been resurrected from the dead, why is this message being repeated? First by the angel and now by Jesus. Please tell my disciples. Go to Galilee. How many know that when God says something, it's very important to listen to it? But then when it's repeated again, it's imperative. It's imperative. Now look at verse 16. 
Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him. Can you believe these next three words? But some doubted. How in the world? i got to tell you, if they could doubt, no wonder there's a lot of doubters today. I mean, if they can see a resurrected Jesus and still doubt, no wonder people are still doubting today. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. Obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always. Emmanuel, I'm with you to the very end of the age. Man, what an assurance. What a message. We understand Good Friday. He was crucified. He was taken up to that hill, Golgotha. He was ridiculed. He was mocked. He was nailed to that cross. His side was pierced and blood and water flowed. And that blood flowed for the redemption, for the washing away of all of our sins. Thank God for the redemptive power of His blood. We understand that He was crucified and because of the stripes on His back, we have healing. And my family has experienced that healing just this week. Hallelujah. I was wondering why God asked me to start a fast on January the 1st. My fast is over today. I had a donut for breakfast today. It tasted so good. <laughs> it tasted so good. But I was wondering why God wanted me to start fasting in January. And this week, I realized why. Because some things only come about by fasting and prayer. Amen. And the kind of miracle He performed in our life this week, I don't think it would have happened if I hadn't been fasting and praying. But when you get in that place of this long term, man, you, you can right there in the presence of God. Even in the presence of Jesus Christ, some still doubted. Wow. Before this Good Friday happened in the Paschal Lamb, Jesus Christ, what you would have heard in Jerusalem was the sound of bleeding of goats, pigeons cooing, the bellowing of bulls, and you would have smelled blood throughout the temple. Because animals were being sacrificed. Not to wash away sin, but just to cover it for another year. Sin is very serious. It is so serious that Jesus had to die for it. God is so holy. And God does not wink at sin. Not any sin. All sin must be dealt with. And there were sins that sent Jesus to the cross. Three sins, as a matter of fact. The first one is envy and jealousy. You see, Pilate wanted to let Jesus go. But there was the envy of the Pharisees who, who wouldn't let it happen. And the, and the chief priests. There was jealousy. The crowds were crying out, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate's wife had a dream and, and she told Pilate, don't have anything to do with this, Jesus. So he tried washing his hands and getting rid of the situation, but it didn't work. Envy and jealousy put Christ on that cross. Compromise put Christ on the cross. Pilate wanted to fit in, and I'm going to tell you, the only way you fit in is to compromise. 
He tried to wash his hands, but he had Jesus scourged and whipped. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, they all cover the same material. And I love reading Luke because Luke was a physician, so he tells it from a physician's viewpoint. Sin is so serious that Jesus had stripes on his back that tore the flesh away from the bone. We need to understand this. The cat of nine tails would wrap around the body and grab here and pull away. And, and theologians will tell us that if you study this, that as many stripes as he had, that literally, probably, more than likely, it was cut in between the intercostals and the ribs, and his lungs were probably exposed because of this whipping. It's horrific. Sin must be dealt with. And all the people that he had touched throughout those three and a half years, all the people who had been touched by his life, where were they? Where were they? Compromise. Probably one of the greatest of sins is apathy. Apathy. The Bible tells us to beware of the cares of life. We can get so entangled with life that we become apathetic when it comes to our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have enough time. It becomes an inconvenience. At the Last Supper, Jesus told His disciples that they would betray Him. And every one of them said, no way. Simon Peter was the loudest, remember? <laughs> Not me! And yet He did deny Him three times. Not only did He deny Him, He used profanity to try to prove, I'm not one of those disciples. Because the young lady said, wait a minute, didn't I see you hanging around? He said, no, not me. And used words that He shouldn't have used. And now, the disciples are being told, go to Galilee? Can you imagine what they're thinking? He's alive. He's risen. And He wants to see us? I don't think they were that excited about it at first. Well, I know what he's going to tell me, Simon Peter said. He's going to be so, so ashamed of me and so, so disillusioned with me. I, I, I denied him three times. I know what he's going to say to me. I, I don't want to hear it. The other disciples, yeah, he's going to tell us, where were you guys? You all ran. Where were you? I needed somebody to take care of my mom. Where were you guys? Because it all flat. But Jesus wanted to see them in Galilee. Wow. Go to Galilee. Why? I want to tell you today, there's another message that we've got to hear. You see, this area had three regions in it. The south region, this is where Judea, Jerusalem was. It was the temple. That's where they had the feast, the rabbinical schools. And this was the center of all the religious activity. And this was where he was crucified. This was the south region. That's where they were. And then above the south region is called the middle region. Now the middle region was where all the Samaritans lived. And we know that the Jews wanted nothing to do with the Samaritans. Because they were a mixed race. They had a mixed religion. So the Jews were too holy. And so they tell us that the Jews would actually go around the middle region to get to the north region. Because they didn't even want the dust on their feet. From those Samaritans. And then there's the north region. The north region was where Galilee was. Galilee was the place 
that is probably most famous for farmland. It had a Gentile influence, lots of trade and businesses. But this north region was also where Jesus was raised. Uh, some theologians say that Jesus had a home in Capernaum. But in this area was also where Jesus called the disciples. He met them, they met him in the north region. He saw them, remember he was walking down the pier one day and, and they were mending their nets and he goes, Hey guys, come and follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. This was where he called the disciples to be with him. Galilee. Galilee. He is alive is the most important message today. But there's one other message you've got to hear. Jesus wants to meet with you. Jesus wants you to go to your Galilee. To go to the place where everything was a beginning. Everything. You see, hell already knows that Jesus is alive. They know more than we do. The Bible tells us that at the name of Jesus, all the devils of hell begin to tremble. They know He is alive. But that is not enough. We have to know that He is alive. We have to meet Him afresh and anew. And we have to do it without doubting. You see, so many times in our lives we can go through situations and we will begin to doubt. Well, can God heal a knee that's busted up or do we have to have surgery? Well, can God heal cancer or is it going to kill me? Well, can God save our marriage or is it bound for destruction? Can God help our finances or are we just distraught? In moments of life like that, it's very easy for all of us to have doubt. But this is when we need to meet Jesus. We need to go back to the place where there are beginnings so that we have a childlike faith. I wonder today where you're sitting right now. Could you take it for just a moment? Remember when you met Jesus. Remember for just a moment. Close your eyes if you need to. But go back to the time when you gave your heart to the Lord. I know where I was. I was 11 years of age in Gloucester, Mississippi. My dad had bought this old chicken hatchery building where chickens were killed. We took and filled up the troughs where the blood of the chickens used to run through. We filled it up with concrete. We made a church out of it. I remember the first time we had church there, it was pouring down rain, and, and they had about 50 buckets all in there because it was raining and leaking like crazy. But I remember one Wednesday night when my dad preached about hell. And it was so real to me that I knew that if I didn't go and get my heart to Jesus Christ, I knew right then I would never make it. So I ran out of my grave. I ran to the altar and gave my heart and life to the Lord. I remember it just like it was yesterday. The disciples, they remembered when they met Him. And they knew what it meant to go back to Galilee. I wonder today, do we still have those hot tears flowing down our cheeks when we worship? Praise Him. Or have we gotten cynical? Maybe a little critical. Maybe doubt has come into your life. Because I want to tell you. Life is hard. Three and a half years. Now Jesus is crucified. The thief on the cross said, hey, remember me. 
But the disciples, well, they scattered. I believe Jesus said, go to meet me in Galilee because he knew they did not know what to do or where to go. Their life has been destroyed. What do I do? Where do I go? He gave them instructions, go. Why? Because he wants them to go back to their first love. The first love. To the one place where he looked them in the eye and said, guys, follow me. Change their life. We can get so filled with all the things in life that we forget what it means to be alone with Jesus. When was the last time you met him? Just you and him. When was the last time you, just you and him, got alone for some worship? You got alone for some communion with one another. You got alone so that you could fellowship as friend with friend. Because I will tell you, Jesus is the kind of, he's the kind of man that he likes one-on-one, -on eye-to-eye confrontations. He loves to look at you and sit down with you and talk with you, encourage you, build you up. Have you ever messed up? I have. Have you ever done everything wrong? <laughs> have you ever reached a lot of dead ends in life? Well, if you have, my challenge to you today is go to Galilee. You've got to go back to the place of beginnings. You've got to go back to that first love again. Because we can get away from it so easy. I've got pastor friends of mine who've gotten away from Galilee. I know church people who've gotten away from Galilee. And when you stay away for a little while, it's easy to get caught up and maybe you find yourself in a whole bunch of Samaritans. Maybe you find yourself over here in a place where there's a lot of ritualistic worship and religion, but not relationship. We've got to go back to Galilee and that first love. Because that's what Jesus said. Go back to Galilee now. The disciples are probably thinking, He's going to be upset with us. He's going to be mad. We're going to get chastised. No, He's not. Some of you here today, you've messed up. Sin is so serious. You're probably thinking, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to hear a message again. Why? Because it makes me feel... A little guilty inside because I've messed up. I don't want to go talk to Jesus. You know why? Because he's going to be mad at me. No, he's not. No, he's not. His arms are always wide open. He's always saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. He's not upset with you today. You may have denied him. Use profanities. He's not upset. He loves you. He wants today for you to hear that clarion call. Come to Galilee. No matter how hard-hearted, skeptical, unbelieving you may be, you've got to return to your first love. You've got to go back, have the invitation to where it all started. Even if you walked away, turned your back on Him, Today, the message 
that God has given me to tell every individual in this place. Go to Galilee. Come back to where it all started. That's the most important thing about the resurrection. He wants to see you. He wants to remove all doubts. He wants to take away all the fears. He said, and I will be with you always. Always. I got to tell you, there's nothing greater than that. I want to have that assurance that God is with me always. I want to return back to that childlike faith. Have your kids ever impressed you with their faith? My son and my daughter impressed us all the time when they were kids. I remember a time when, when we had no money. And I don't know how we obtained this little stone. It was a little heart-shaped stone with a little indention in the middle. And they called it a worry stone. Anybody know what a worry stone is? I was sitting in a chair and I, I got that little heart off and I was sitting there rubbing it and I was praying to God. I said, God, you know we've done everything we know to do. We pay our tithe. How many of you pray that? <laughs> we pay our tithe. We, we give. We, we're serving in the house of God. And, and we've done it. We've been good stewards. And, and I will tell you, we just didn't have it. And my little daughter, who was about four years of age, walks over, crawls up in my lap. Now, she doesn't understand because I'm saying all of this in my head. She crawls up in my lap and she says, Daddy, don't worry. Jesus will help us. Four-year-old. She has no clue what's going on. And I sat there and I was convicted because I should have had that childlike faith. I should have had that. We, we would pray, and, and my son would get through praying and just go, okay, it's done. It's, Jesus is going to do it. Because we pray with faith. And children, they go, okay, God, I want you to heal my mommy. It's done. And they walk away. Today, we can get separated from Galilee. We can get into those regions where maybe there's a lot of mixed religions going on. We can get real dirty in the world, can't we? We can have a lot of thoughts of cynicism and, and criticisms and all these things and, and, and about the church and about the people in the church and about the pastor and all these other things. And the enemy comes in like a flood. And we can get a little hard on our hearts. Our minds can become filled with doubts. And I'm telling you, he wants you to return to the place where it all started. Come back to me. I want to see you. I know what it was like when I was hanging on that cross. I know the fear you had in your heart. I know what you were feeling. And you know what? It's okay. I love you. Jesus is saying the same thing to all of us today. I understand life. I lived it. I understand everything you're going through. I was rejected. I was a man of sorrows. I have had every rejection known to me. I have all, all the religious leaders right up in my face. 
I had people who should have been for me who turned out to be against me. I know what it's like to be betrayed. I know. I understand where you're at today. I understand that you may have some doubts. I understand that you're in a situation in life to where things aren't going real well right now. And maybe everything you're praying for, nothing has happened. You say, well, Pastor, that's really good whenever God answers your prayers, but I've been praying too and nothing's been happening. We have not had a miracle. We have not seen a light at the end of the tunnel. Then this message is extremely important to you today. Because Jesus is wanting to tell you one thing, and I'm here to bring you this message. This message is so important. He's wanting to tell you one thing. I have risen. The tomb is empty. But I want you to come to the place where we first met. I want you to get back to that place to where your faith can believe for anything. I want you to get back to that place to where you and your wife and your husband are so close to each other because you're so close to me. I want you to get to that place to where your kids know that God rules this house and He brings peace back into a place of chaos. I want you to get to the place to where no matter what sickness or disease is in your life or in your family, that you begin to stand up on the rock, which is Christ Jesus, and declare, I believe God can heal. I believe it. It is done. Because you see on the cross, Christ declared, He cried out three words, It is finished. He has done all the work. He is risen. Don't doubt. Don't doubt that. Don't let it become something that hits your ears and bounces off. Don't let it be something that just rattles around in your mind. But know this in your heart of hearts. Know this in the depths of your spirit. He's risen and He is here today saying to you, I want you to go to Galilee. I want you to get to that place where we first met. I want to get us back there because I know all the future of every one of your lives. Simon Peter, you're going to be crucified, but upside down. Oh, you, you're going to be boiled in oil while you're still alive. Oh, you, you're going to need to see me face to face. You're going to have to get to that place to where everything is new again. And i got to tell you, in the last few months, God has changed me. In the last few months, I've been getting into those places that I, I hadn't been in a long time. And it's a sweet, sweet place. Just me and God. Just hanging out. Friend with friend. You know why? Because I had gotten too busy. The cares of the life. And you know what? I can make it real spiritual because it wasn't anything about me. It was all of you. Taking up all my time. 
good shepherd. Lord, you see all the things everybody wants me to do. I mean, I can't catch a break here. As soon as this situation gets fixed, there's another one over here that, that this family needs me, and that family needs me, and then there's sickness and hospitals, and then there's a death in this family, and then this is going on. And God, I just don't have time. He says, hey, pastor, go to Galilee. What? Can you just go back to the place where we met? Remember what it was like when you knelt that knee? And you said, Father, forgive me of all my sins and wash me white stones. Remember what that felt like? I do. Remember how I touched your heart? I do. Remember how you just knelt right there and you just wept and wept? I do. I need you to go to Galilee. I need you to get right back in that spot. I didn't have to go to Gloucester, Mississippi. I didn't have to go try to find that old chicken hatchery on the side of the highway there. But I found that place where we met face to face. And I got to tell you, I don't doubt. It removes all the doubts. It removes all the fears. Because when you're face to face, I don't know how there were some people who saw him after the resurrection and still doubted. But if they can see him in the flesh and bone and still doubt, then there's opportunity for every one of us to doubt today. And there's opportunity for all of us to find excuses. Because I can come up with thousands of them. But today is not a day for excuses. God is not upset with you. I don't care what you've done. He's not mad at you. He's not up there about to slam his fist on you. No. And as a young child, I had people to giving me that picture of God. Don't you mess up. God will get you. No, God's not going to get you. God wants to love you. He wants to wrap his arms all around you and hold you so tight. Say, welcome home, son. Welcome home, daughter. He wants to get the fatty calf and get a robe and a ring and put it on your finger and put it on your back. He desires to see you, to hold you, to touch you, to hear you speak. And He desires for you to listen for Him to speak to you. And today, the greater message is He is risen. But He rose for a reason. It wasn't just so we can shout and be loud and have an empty tune. He rose so that He could meet with you today. He rose so that He could get you to come back to Galilee. To that place where it all started. Would you stand with me today?
It's the other Easter message. You may say, Pastor, I've been saved for 40 years. Praise God. I've known Jesus. Wonderful. Then you know where you need to go. You know what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today. You see, because I know that I'm never just saying words by myself. I know that I'm never just speaking words that are just my words. But I'm speaking words that the Holy Spirit is empowering and it speaks right into your heart. It speaks right into whatever situation you're in in your life today. God is saying to every one of us, listen to me. I love you with a love you cannot comprehend. I'm not upset with you. Even if you denied me, I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset with you that you scattered. I'm not upset with you that, that I was there without you on that cross. I'm not. I understand. I understand the fear that gripped your heart. I, I understand because you thought we were going to conquer everything and now I'm getting crucified. I get it. And God understands today You've let life get so close to you that it's caused doubts. If you've let life get so close to you that, that there has been distance, He understands. And today He's calling you. I want you to come back to the place where we met. Some of you may have met Him in this church. Some of you may have met him in other churches. Some of you may have met him in the car while you were driving or at your home or who knows. No matter where, there's one place you can come today. Galilee. The place of the beginnings. And today on this Easter Sunday, nothing would please Jesus more there for you to say I'm going to Galilee I want to see you I want to talk to you for just a minute I want you to speak to me I want you to take this cynical critical attitude out of my heart my mind I want you to remove all the doubts and fears I know I haven't made as much time as I should, and I'm sorry. I just want to come for just a moment. I want to just be me and you. Me and you. On this Easter Sunday morning. That would please Jesus nothing more than anything else. I can't say it enough. He just drove this in my heart all week. I love you, Pastor. I love you, Pastor. And I love this church. And I love this church. And please tell them afresh new how much I love them. Yes, sir. And please tell them I'm not upset. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for them to come. 
Spend a moment with me on Easter Sunday morning. They're going to be busy later, but for the next few moments, you can spend time with Jesus. Now, this is not a call for salvation. But I'm asking for everyone who will would say, Pastor, I want Jesus to know. And I want to come back to that first place again. I want to come back to that first place. I've kind of gotten away from it. I know I am. I know I am. And I'm so glad that you're saying what you're saying today because I needed to hear it. But the Bible says we should not be hearers of the word only, but we're to be doers of the word. And so the whole front of this church is Galilee. And I'm going to give you every opportunity. Message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.